0: shine!
1: This
2: Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 14 and we exhort you brothers and sisters warn those who are idle comfort the discouraged help the weak be patient with everyone amen let's pray together God thank you uh for today thank you for loving us thank you for caring about us uh, thank you for this church thank you for this community uh Lord I ask you to uh allow us to put away the distractions allow us to glorify you because you're worth it and thank you for letting us know you Jesus I pray amen man I'm, I'm gonna say it God's got a sense of humor um was sitting here all day, and I'm not going to say good morning because it's not a good morning. I'm super cranky. The wind kept me awake all night long. I felt like I was Dorothy at the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there getting cranky, the first song we sing is, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm like, come on. Come on, God. But, Just you know, for you. I know it. Hey, the good thing is, family, our roof in this church is so strong. Um, it's brand new roof this building is nice and strong the wind's not going to catch me here and amen to that it's a good day to worship together hey if you are online we're glad you're with us too Uh, you can stay safe inside from you know the drizzling rain and the awful awful wind otherwise sometime during the service please take a moment fill out that little connection card let us know you're here otherwise we came to praise god let's continue
0: you may be seated
2: We're going to do one more week after this week in uh, the Prioritizing God's Word in Our Lives series. And we're going to be today, we're going to be in the book of Psalms. Go There we are, Psalms 19. We're going to stay there all day, and uh, nothing I say today is going to be super profound. Probably nothing I say is going to be new. Um, especially for you, how's the proper way to, to put the seasoned believers. Anything I say today, you're going to walk out this day door and say, duh. Um, but what I, I will do, yeah, what I will do is, is when I was in Bible college, I, I had a lesson about prioritizing God's word in our lives. And I'm going to share it with you. It's going to take about two minutes, and it is a little bit different than what we're going to talk about today, but it was, it was profound. And there was this man, he was my professor, and I almost, man, I, he's probably I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a limb and say he's probably the, the greatest youth minister I've ever seen, ever witnessed. He was like a magnet. Uh, you, would, you would stick him by metal and everything would just get slurped right to him. Uh, this individual was, is probably the, the top two greatest speakers I've ever heard in my entire life when you put him behind a pulpit. He was just deep. Um, he invited me to his house to eat. His, his wife cooked me dinner and let me hang out in their basement and, and play ping pong. He was just this awesome guy and he's, I just kind of idolize him. He's having a rough, a rough go of it recently, but let me, let me tell you, we had this class in youth ministry, and uh, he knew what I was doing. See, I, I lived in this small town over here called Lincoln, and this is where I went to school in Lincoln, and over here in Bloomington Normal, this is where I worked, and way over here on the east, there was another small town, and it was, it was Lincoln, or it was uh, Christman, Illinois, and so I would make this triangle all the time of driving, you know, because I'd go to work, go to the church, go back, and it was this big triangle, and he he had this lesson on prioritizing God's word in our lives, and it was so deep. I mean, let me share it with you, you guys. Ready for it? And he, uh, we're in class. He said, "Jerry, this is what you do. You you got to keep God's word as a priority in your life." I said, "I, I agree. I agree." He said, "No, you really got to keep God's word as a priority in your life." I said, I, "I agree." He said, "Always keep a Bible in your car." I said, "Yeah, that's that's a good idea. You never know when you're going to need it." He said, "Oh no no no." He said, "I know you drive really fast." Um, My cars were defective. I I don't know what was wrong with them. They just sped. He said, what you do is when you get pulled over, you take God's word and you stick it right up there on your windshield real quick. He said, when the police officer asks why you're speeding, it better be something church related. He said, they don't want to give a ticket to the minister. And he was so, so right. (laughs) And ever since that moment, family, I have really prioritized God's word in my life. Um, I'm just kidding, kind of. We're gonna be in Psalms 19. Psalms 19, we're gonna read it three times uh, maybe more if we're we're having a good time psalms 19 we're going to start in verse 7 and we're going to go down to verse 11 and again i warned you don't expect to hear something if you've been to church for a long time that you've never heard this is this are things that that we have grown that we've known maybe if anything this will be a refresher so let's read chapter 19 verse 7 together sweeter also than honey and dripping of the honeycomb moreover by them is your servant warned in keeping them there is great reward you know i look at that and it brings it to our first point when we talk about why do we why do we make the bible a priority and family this is this is going to be a review for you why is the bible a priority number one because of the source first and foremost the bible should be a priority because of the source behind the bible Years ago, I learned this, I learned this difficult lesson. Uh, don't read books while you're driving. So I transitioned over, and I, this, was, this was way back in the day, before, before everything was digital, and they just started coming out with it, audiobooks. And audiobooks were this fairly new thing, and, and so I, I, I developed this love of audiobooks, and I was working in these big warehouses during the week, putting items away, and it was all alone, and it was dirty and dusty, and I found that I could sneak an earbud in my ear, and I can listen to audiobooks, and I, I found this set of audiobooks, and I won't say who the author is, but it was just awesome. I'd put an earbud in my ear, and I can just work, and a long book could take my entire mind for two or three weeks while I was working, putting this merchandise away, and I, I liked this author so much that I, I started like scooping up every every book that they wrote that was digital, so I can, I can listen to, and sometimes the books were so good, I, I'd listened to them two or three times, they were just that good, and then I, I did the unthinkable, and I know you guys know we do this, um, that particular author started making statements on the news, and he was saying things that, uh, that were opposed to me morally and ethically, I just, I just didn't agree with it, and it, it really upset me, and I, but I, I liked the books, they were, they were super entertaining. They, they kept my mind occupied. And so it was really difficult for me to, to get past what this individual was saying on the news and the statements they were making that I was categorically opposed to. And then it came out, and it, this was, it got really bad. The, the author came out, and he made a statement. And he said, I don't even remember writing half of the books. I don't remember doing the movies. He said, I was on psychedelic drugs. And I thought couldn't you just keep your mouth closed i loved your work and you ruined it i loved what you produced and you ruined it and the closer i got to the source of those books that i like so much the more i realized i didn't like the material they were producing because i didn't like the source so why do we as christians prioritize god's word why because the more time you spend with god's word the closer you get with the source that's it this isn't new the more we read about this, the closer we get. Look at these words right here and follow along. There's unusual statements here. We're just gonna, we're gonna skim. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the rules of the Lord. Why is that in there? Because everything that is written is nothing more than a description of who the source is. That's it. Why do we read the Bible? Is it to get smarter? yes. But really, when we break it down to it, the, the biggest reason we, we prioritize this book right here is because we're prioritizing the individual that wrote it. This is nothing new to this family. There's nothing new about that, and, and there's a few people that will kind of grunt and say, that doesn't really, that doesn't apply to me much, and I'm going to disagree. I believe the idea of looking at at. Words and, and looking at information to draw closer to the source, I believe that this impacts almost every single person, unless, dare I say, you have no heart at all. And we do this in other aspects of our life and we don't even realize we're doing it. Why do we keep yearbooks? Why do we keep pictures? Back in the day, we used to keep letters. And this happens all the time. What happens when a loved one passes away and you have to go to that home and you, you have to take care of the estate? What is the number one thing that I always see people doing? They go through the drawers because you have to clean out the estate and what are you doing? You're looking at these things and, and it's the small things. You'll get a, a checkbook out and you'll say, wow, this individual wrote checks here, here, here. Are you being nosy? No. What you're doing is you're, you're getting a little closer to the source. Or I know families that do this. Or when a loved one passes away and they'll be cleaning out their estate and they'll come across a bundle of letters that they wrote to their their loved one while they were overseas. And what do we do? We take them and we read line by line. Why are we being nosy? No. What we're doing is we're growing closer to the source. It's this intimate act that we didn't know before. And, And so many times I hear the words after this kind of thing happens, they'll say, I never knew dot 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 about such and such and they're really it it kind of blows them away because they just got this piece of information that they never knew about so don't tell me this idea about about spending time in god's word and growing closer to the source doesn't matter because it does we do it subconsciously but the problem is so many times we have the love letter in front of us and we don't open it So many times we we have an an intimate knowledge of God, but we don't open it. We just kind of skim past it. So if if we had to summarize really and truly this entire message again, and, and no one else listens to anything else, if you get just this, just spending time in God's word, what you're doing is you're knowing the source just a little bit better. Every moment you read is just a little bit closer. You get to know God you get to see a little bit different part of God's heart. So nothing else matters. That's if that's all you take out today, just know that every time you build priority in God's word, you're actually prioritizing God with you. Let's read it again. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Brings us to our second point. This is the review for you, family. Prioritizing the word because it's everlasting. It's always, it's always gonna it's always gonna strike me a little unusual that there are, there are words in here that when we read together on Sunday morning, these have been read for hundreds of years. It's always it always Kind of, it makes me a little emotional. If if I was on one of my my steroids, I have to take sometimes I'd start to weep because I get so emotional about it. But it, it boggles my mind that, especially especially in the kids' way room, in the we worship room, there is there are times that we are discussing things, especially the Old Testament, and we're telling these kids these passages of the Old Testament scripture, and then it hits me these are passages that have been talked about for hundreds upon hundreds of years with other people and man that's it really it like really strikes me why because it's everlasting these words in here the law of the lord the testimony of the lord the precepts of the lord the commandment of the lord the fear of the lord the rules of the lord all of those are everlasting human behavior always always makes me happy Maybe I'm going to criticize some people here, but have you noticed oftentimes, family, uh, we are really good at wasting time? You notice that? And I don't want to criticize anyone without criticizing myself, but I'm not criticizing other people without putting myself down. I'm really good at wasting time too. There There was a time that they made this silly video game on the phone And you flew planes places. That's all you do. You'd push a button and your plane would go somewhere. And you'd come back and you'd earn points. And I played this ridiculous game for like three months. And I don't know, 150 hours. And then I looked at this game and thought, there is absolutely no point to this. I've got to uninstall it. Why? Because it's the biggest waste of time. It's... It's ironic to me that there are so many things in our lives that we invest ourselves in that are a complete waste of time. I get criticized, especially with young people. They get angry at me because they'll be dating someone, and I'll I'll ask the question because I'm allowed to. I'll say, do you see yourself marrying this person? And they'll say, oh, oh, no way, (laughs) no way. And then I say, why are you wasting your time with them? Get rid of them. They go, oh, Jerry, you're so mean. You're so mean. I say, no, it's a waste of time. We do things frequently that have zero benefit to us, none. It's mindless, wasteless activity. And if I can make fun of myself for playing some silly game on the the phone where I'm sending airplanes over for no reason, I believe if I can point out my own flaws, we can discuss other flaws. It is what it is. Why do we make God's word a priority? Because when you prioritize God's word, it's everlasting and everything you do here is not a waste of time. Years ago, I had this student, and my, my wife probably remembers this, and it was, it was a sore spot in our, our marriage. He would text me at four in the morning. Not like, hey, Jerry, I, I've got this crisis, let's talk. I kid you not, four in the morning, my phone would go beep, 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 and you'd look at it, and it was a message from this kid, and he would say, Canoe. Yeah, that's that, that blank expression on your face. That's the same blank expression I had on my face at four o'clock in the morning. And so I would message back. I'd say, what are you talking about? And then he'd send something else. I don't know, basketball. I'm like, what are you doing? And for days, we were doing this little back and forth. He would send these nonsense messages. And finally, I said, brother, I can't do it anymore. You're wasting my time. You are wasting my time. There is no point in these one-word messages. Got to cancel it. And we do it so, so often. What in your life, if, if I had to ask you secretly to tell me right now, what in your life are you doing that you're investing your time in, your resources, your energy, that is a complete waste of time? And I'll bet you, whatever it is that you say in your mind, I'll bet you spend more time doing that than you spend doing this. I'll bet you. I'll bet you have some activity in your life that is just a complete It's just a time filler. There's no benefit. I'll bet you spend more time doing that than you spend in God's word. The precepts that we talk about in God's word is everlasting. In college, students always used to get mad. A professor would write a book for their class, right? and then that, that book would come out and they would tell the students, hey, you've gotta, you've gotta buy this book to be part of my class. The students would go out and spend an unbelievable amount of money on this book, and we know what happens, family. When you're done with that book, what does a student do? They sell it back to the bookstore. That way, the next year, the student comes through and sees that book, and the next class says, I'm gonna buy that book for 40% off. That cuts into the profits that the professors make, so what do they do? They make same book, edition number two. And they do this for a while, and then pretty soon they have edition number five and edition number six. And when I was younger and grumpier, I always said to myself, they're just scamming me and my money. But then I realized, frequently in these classes, they were putting out seventh, eighth, ninth edition books. Why? Because the material and the information was changing. New discoveries, new knowledge actually rendered the old books completely useless. The cool thing is, this is not edition number thirteen. It's not. Now we have different different writings like the ESV, the Holman Christian, we have different phrasings there, but the, the actual Bible itself, these words right here, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the rules of the Lord, none of those have changed. Why is God's word a priority? Because every second you invest here is something that's not going to change down the road. We had some students that used to memorize Bible Bowl. That's what they do. they memorize scripture for Bible Bowl. And they would memorize chunks and chunks of scripture. And that was, oh my goodness, that was 20 years ago. You know what's really cool? The chapters they they memorized 20 years ago are the same chapters that are still being preached in, in the churches today. Why do we prioritize God's word in our life? It's everlasting, it doesn't change. God doesn't say one thing is wrong and then 10 years later say, oh, culture changed my mind, let's do a rewrite. That's not the way the Holy Scriptures work. Why is God's word a priority? Because it doesn't change. Any moment that we invest in the Bible is a moment that's permanent. It doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. It's not a waste of time. It's not some some silly game that we play. It is everlasting. It's permanent. Why is God's word so important? Because it doesn't change. One more time, we'll be finished up. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is simple. It's sure. Making wise is simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Here comes the the most the most important part, I think, of this whole verse. More to be desired are they than gold even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and dripping of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, as your servant warned, in keeping them, there is great reward. Why is prioritizing the word so important because of the reward? Why should God's word be a priority? Because of the reward. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not right now, though. After. Is it my... Is it my naive impression that As we get older We have this Psychological change Where we stop doing less things That we don't want to do And we start doing more of the things we want to do Is that just my impression It seems like that When you're born your parents say Eat your vegetables And you say no I don't want to And they say you're going to eat them And you eat them When you're young your parents say You go to bed at 8 o'clock And you say no I don't want to parents win. And as, as you get older, there's a time, I always tell my daughter, I say, there's going to be a time where you don't have a bedtime. You go to bed when you want, but you have to be up ready to live the life when it's, it's time. You, you have things to do. And it seems like there's, as we progress in years, we stop doing so many things we just don't want to do. It, it, maybe it, it sounds mean, but like, for instance, me, I'm, I'm not going to go to a movie that I don't want to see. Um, I'm not going to eat food I don't want to eat There was a nice man That used to always want me to come to his house And eat cabbage soup with him And I said brother I love you I'm not eating cabbage soup Not not today not ever I'm not that hungry For instance And and this is probably going to make some people mad If a doctor prescribes me medicine I better want to take it Because if I don't want to take it I'm not going to take it I don't want to go to a birthday party If I can't eat birthday cake Sorry. And it seems, like, it seems like as we get older this gets even more profound especially when you get that lucky, that lucky age where you're like, I don't feel like working anymore. I'm just not going to. And when you hit that age I don't know what it is but I'm, I'm really jealous when people hit that full thing they're like, whatever it is I don't want to do I'm not going to do it. Like right now, if, if my wife said, hey I want to go hike I would say, that sounds like a lot of fun for you. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm a negotiating kind of husband. Um, it's hot and it's sticky outside and the wind's blowing and I'm really cranky. Uh, you go hike, I'm gonna get behind you on my four-wheeler and I'll, I'll drive behind you, I'll, I'll make sure you're safe, but I just don't feel like doing it. And it seems like as, as we go on in life, we stop doing the things that we just simply don't want to do and we only do the things we want to do. Why? Because I, there's something, I don't know what it is, in our brain that clicks and it says, there's no reward in that for me. There's just, I just don't want to do it. If the reward is not there, why the effort? And there's probably one or two of you thinking to yourself, man, Jerry's kind of a jerk. How dare him say he's not going to do something he doesn't want to do. Let's do a little test. I was thinking about this. Suppose I, I... come to this stage, and I say, church family, especially you online viewers, I know, I know you're there. Next Saturday, I want you to bring a shovel and possibly a pickaxe if you have one, and we're going to dig a big hole. We're going to dig a hole in Arizona dirt. You know what the Arizona dirt is? When you go down like a half an inch, you hit that, that caliche, and it's impossible to break through. I want you to come into church on Saturday, and we're going to dig a big hole. And you're going to say to yourself, okay, that sounds good. Let me ask why. And I say to you, because I want to, I'll bet you, I will bet you, if I can't give you a reason why we're gonna dig a big hole, and it won't be next week, it's gotta be in June, like right in the, the miserable time in, of June, and you can't have a hat, you can't have long sleeves, and you can't have gloves. But we're gonna stay outside and we're gonna dig a hole. But for no reason, and then once we're done with the hole, we're gonna fill that hole back in. I'll bet it will be me and it will be my son. And my son's not doing it because he wants to. He's doing it because he wants to throw rocks at me in the middle of the digging a hole. (laughs) I will bet you, if I asked you to come and dig a great big hole in the sun, no hat, no gloves, in the boiling heat, for no apparent reason, you would say to yourself, there is no reason to. Why? Because you are mentally asking yourself, what is the reward for my action? That's what you do parents do it to young kids why do parents say eat your vegetables if you don't eat your vegetables you don't get don't get dessert so we're telling the kid hey it's the reward we got to say all right you got to go to bed because if you don't go to bed tomorrow you're going to be tired and we're going to Disneyland and I want you tired at Disneyland so the kid thinks oh that's it's the reward and see we we do that Oftentimes, we get to the point that if the reward is not there, we simply say we're not going to do it. So what does that have to do with this passage? Right here. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. What is the great reward? We know what it is. We know what it is. And if you've never been to church before, and this is your very first Sunday, or if you're watching us for the very first time online, I'm going to tell you what this is. This thing that's better than gold, that's better than honey, you know what that is? That is the opportunity of salvation. It'd be easy to say it's heaven. That's heaven, great. But really, what it is, is the opportunity of heaven. There are a lot of people... That know Jerry Barklow. Not bragging. There are a lot of people who know Jerry Barklow, spoken different places, went to different schools, been to different camps, went to a whole bunch of classes, bunch of college, bunch of different places, lots of birthday parties, so many birthday parties. Maybe you grew up with me, you, you know Jerry Barklow. There's a lot of people who know Jerry Barklow. But there are not many people who know Jerry Barklow like my family would know Jerry Barklow. If you ask someone that would know me like that and you'd say, Jerry, what do you think Jerry's hopes are? What do you think Jerry's fears are? What do you think Jerry's dreams are? What do you think keeps Jerry up at night? They would go, mm, you can ask my family. They know, why? Because there's two different informations there. There's, there's a mild, you know who you are, and then there's the intimate, they know who you are. There are a lot of people who know who God is. There are an awful lot of people who say, I believe in God. I believe that we were created. I know this God. But then there's the other group of people that says, I know God. I know God's hopes. I know God's heart. I know what what God's worried about. I know that he wants people. I can see it. I can see his dreams. I can see his goals. See, there's, there's a drastic difference there between knowing and really knowing. What is the reason that we prioritize God's word in our life? It is the opportunity to really know God. And when you take that, family, this is a review for you. You know when you really get to know God, you get to know Jesus Christ. When you really get to know God, you get to know the plan with Jesus Christ. When you really get to know and when you really invest yourself in this everlasting Bible that was written by a source, you see Jesus Christ and then you see the opportunity, the opportunity that's presented for something bigger. Why is God's Word a priority in our lives? It's easy, it's very easy. Nothing new here. God's Word shows us God, God's Word doesn't change, and God's Word has a reward. A reward that's permanent for those who want it. As our praise team comes in to lead us in the Song of Decision, that reward is, is waiting for anyone. And if you have not made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I'm going to say the is the day. Hey, hey, if you're watching online, the opportunity is there for you too. Uh, get a hold of the, the office, uh, we're always around. Shoot us a message. Let's see what we can do. Maybe you're just having a rough week. You want some prayers? Hey, come, come on down. I'll, I'll be up here. Uh, an elder, Roger, will be up here too. Maybe you like First Christian Church, you want to be part of our family, let us know, come on up. Hey, if you're watching online, the back of that connection card has a, a, a place for your prayer requests. If you want prayers, please, please fill it in. If it's confidential, mark it. Otherwise, hey, if you've got a decision to make, let's, let's do it. Let's stand up as we get ready to sing.
0: Good morning, everyone. It is wet outside, cold outside, has wind outside, but we're inside. Much like our love for God, it is inside. We come to the part of our church worship where. We address, like it says, to my right, do this in memory of me. Wow. Sounds like a command. It is. So as we engage in communion meditation, which I'm lucky enough to be a part of but so are you Look at this Remember members of Christ church are all bound together by a cord of peace, harmony, justice but the biggest I see to be Jesus like and I'm going to talk a little bit about It's humility. Really hard. How many times I look and examine myself honestly before God, and I said, uh-oh, time for conme- confession again. And I know that I have for far, from the glory of God let me read here from the NIV version and it is first john 3 chapter 1 third verse and it says we proclaim To you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. What a thing, that means everyone here is bound together with the Father and the sun you can't think of anything more glorious please as you bring back during your commemoration and participate in the communion ceremony let us be open and receive that binding strength with Christ and the Father. Let us pray. Dearest Father and Jesus Christ, our Savior, we ask forgiveness for having turned away from you. We ask that our hearts and your heart meet together in love and receive the grace that you pour out to each and every one of us, not because we deserve it, because we've fallen short. We ask that this prayer be lifted up to the Father and pray through the Son, our Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: In the Inside of Your Bulletin, we have our announcements for this week. We have, have quite a few of them. We have all of our activities going on today that we normally have. Roger's group's meeting are uh, the elders and preachers we're getting together today at 3 o'clock for our soul care group. And um, Jules is having her LOL group this week. We have all of our Bible studies. The medical team's having training Saturday. Also, you'll notice in the note, um, we have a new texting service. And when you get a text from us, please, the first time, accept it we will not use this to say hey how you doing we will only use it when we need to get information out quickly so you won't get 1500 text messages from us at the most you may get two or three a month if that many depends on the situation but like like if you're in a class that gets canceled we can text you and you'll know immediately that that's canceled if you're in that class so we won't abuse that privilege so we ask you to to do that also operation christmas child's uh you see what they're taking this week socks undergarments and gloves uh, there's the announcement about the Shredathon. Also, Narrow Path. Andrew and I went scouting yesterday. We're going to go. Um, we're going to do a very easy, very easy one this time. Uh, you don't even really need a four-wheel drive unless it rains a lot, and then that'll be fun and muddy. But anyway, we're going to drive right along the Mexican border into Patagonia, and then we're going to go to Velvet Elvis for lunch. And then, for those who want to go back, we'll go back the same way. Or if some people are in a hurry to get home, they can take 90 and take the highway and come back. So that's going to take place March 11th. So if you'd like to be a part of that, please sign up in the foyer. Also, at this point, we are still doing our uh, Faith Promise Rally. And uh, this week, I got a video to play. I'm going to go ahead and have Sherry start that for us.
4: Hey, guys, this is Tom Sears with TCM International Institute. And I just wanted to pass on our great appreciation for your church's partnership um, for so long now and I wanted to give you a quick update with what's going on with TCM. First, as I'm sure you know, our ministry has been deeply involved with the um, refugee relief from the war in Ukraine. When the war broke out, we had over 200 students in Ukraine and over 200 in Russia as well, as well as every year taking our ministry training courses to several cities in both of those nations. So as you can imagine, it really changed our ministry in that part of the world. But we've been able, through our regional representatives, to do a variety of different short-term and now turning into more long-term relief work in Ukraine and around the surrounding areas. Uh, Last week, I actually had an opportunity to travel into southern Ukraine, and it's just incredible to see, one, the devastation that's happening. We crossed the land border and we, would, we went past miles and miles of semi-trucks that were stopped and trying to get across the border because there's no other way right now. They have one port and everything else must go in or out through these land borders. And so a lot of things are really taxing those communities. So would you please continue to pray? Um, the other incredible thing is on the uh, hopeful side is that the church really is raising up and being a light i saw it firsthand two ukrainian pastors in this local city that has doubled in size from internally displaced refugees they have been welcoming individuals into their homes into their church and now through a cool connection they converted an entire old soviet retreat center into a refugee safe haven for those to come and to rest, get over their shell shock, and then they even give them a job within that center to help repair it and run it for other refugees, giving them purpose and hope, and then they help establish um, more permanent housing for these refugees elsewhere. Just incredible things that are going on there right now. Please continue to pray uh, for, for Ukraine. Also want to share outside of that area of the world, TCM's actively expanded and something that your church has helped specifically in has been our um, new students and our new mentoring center in Nairobi, Kenya. Let me tell you, that has just exploded over the past three years. It's now our largest mentoring center outside of House Edelweiss where we have over 70 men and women. Who are involved in a variety of different churches and ministries and nonprofit organizations, all Kenyans, who are going through our ministry training program, who are learning how to practically meet the needs of the people in their communities and those around them. It's just been going so, so well, and I'll tell you just about one student in particular. Her name is Jane. Jane grew up in an extremely poor community. And somehow she was able to bring herself out of that impoverished life. She went to school, was educated as a teacher. And then she now works for Missions of Hope International where she is a teacher to um, unprivileged children like herself growing up, helping bring them an education. And she is now a TCM student, being equipped to do that more effectively and to bring the gospel message to these communities and furthermore she is now has moved to Liberia totally on the other side of Africa for this organization to open up new schools in these other communities and she is being a leader in that area and she is helping TCM expand in Liberia too because this organization from the beginning they said we've seen what a great impact TCM has made with all of our um, staff members and other church pastors who have gone through this program. We want you guys to go with us to Liberia. So that's what we're doing. Through your help, through your support, through all of your prayers, God's making this all possible. Thank you guys so much and continue praying.
3: Yes, so far... As of last after last Sunday, we've had 32 pledges now for almost $34,000 that we're going to send to missions like TCMI, and so we're thankful for that. And on top of our normal giving, we were able to send them through our special missions fund another $10 or $12,000 to help them in some of the work that they're doing. And that only happens because of your generosity. If you still would like to make a pledge, the pledge cards are in the in the foyer on the uh, guest services table. Just fill it out and drop it in the offering and note how much you you uh did so you can continue to do that and then we'll add that to the total next week we'll show our final video from southern mexico mission we had a snafu week one so you'll see one more video from adrian but uh next week we'll wrap up the pledges and um so we encourage you to do that you'll notice in your bulletin as we look at our prayer concerns we have a lot of prayer concerns to pray for we ask that you please take note of those be praying for the folks during the week as you as you do this uh Pray for the missions that we support, the outreaches that we support. Uh, Praise God for the the pledges that we've received for Faith Promise, and we'll do that. So at this time, let's stand together. We'll take a moment of silent prayer, and then I'll have a closing, and our praise team will lead us in, in a closing song. Let's stand together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to lift up all these requests that we have to you, Father, and I pray that we keep them in the front of our minds throughout the week. Lord, as we leave this place today, I pray we leave with joy and conviction and a a determination to put your word first in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: for church this morning.
0: Have a great week in the Lord, everybody.